Hello, welcome to the Science Podcast. This week's podcast is part of Explorathon, which is Scotland's contribution to European Researchers' Night. Right, on you go, Emma J. Over to you. So I'm Emma J, and I'm a PhD student at the University of St Andrews, and I work with bacteria. And I know you already had some sort of um, some sort of talk with about bacteria with Rebecca Cornwall. So I work with Rebecca, and we do very similar things. So I thought I would ask you guys some questions, and we just wanted to double check if you did an experiment with Rebecca using little mini plates at all. Did you get them? Use them? No, that's okay. Uh, if Rebecca keeps them, you can still do the experiment after we talk, and then maybe we can you can listen to what we talk about here, and you can compare to what you get in the end, and it's the same, very much similar thing, and we hope that you have fun doing it because it's a really fun experiment to do. So I'm just going to share my screen, and you guys can uh, maybe answer some questions for me if that's okay, and we can start the discussion about bacteria. So the experiment that you guys were going to do was about how important is washing our hands and what bacteria do we have on our bodies and outside of our bodies and just in general life. Where does bacteria come from? What does it do? Why do we need it? So can you guys tell me what are bacteria? What do you know about bacteria? Um, like germs. Yeah, germs. That's a good one. Anything it's else? Like- it's like a kind of virus. Yeah, they're related to viruses, definitely. They're little organisms. So bacteria are very simple and they contain one cell. So they're really small organisms and they're so small that you can't see them, even though they are there. So do you know anything that you could use to see a piece of bacteria? Have you heard of any pieces of equipment that you would need to look through to see some bacteria? You might have seen it in films or TVs, or even in scientists. So what we would use is a microscope. So we put the bacteria underneath the lens and you look through the lens and it magnifies, like a magnifying glass, but a very specialized and expensive piece of magnifying equipment. And through that microscope, you can then see all types of things. And one of those things is bacteria. So can you take a guess at how small bacteria are? How small? Go for like, give me a range. How small do you think they are? So small that you can't see them. Yeah, so small. So did you know that they're 50 times smaller than a single strand of your hair? So can you tell me how thin your hair is? If you look at it, it's tiny. I don't even think I can see my hair really when you look at it. And bacteria are 50 times smaller than a single strand of hair, which is just crazy when you think about it considering that bacteria live everywhere and you don't even know about them. So I think that's really cool. And you might not even realize just how lucky you are to live around and with bacteria. So since we're talking about them, do you know where you can find them? Have any idea? Maybe like in your body? Yeah. On your hands? hands. Yeah, that's a good question. Hands or your head or your knees and stuff. Yeah, yeah, you can find them all over your body and inside your body. Well done. You can That's also find why you them... need to wash your body. Yeah, perfect. That is exactly why you need to wash your body. Because, like, That's... if you wash your body with soap or with your hands, then you'll get the viruses to go away. 
yeah perfect you've got this spot on did you already do the experiment like wow well done no so, I just not yeah you just not you're very clever very there's a scientist in the making you can come work with me one day so bacteria are found everywhere and the short answer that's is two all scientists. that's two scientists being kind to me <laughs> It's because it's because you're clearly a natural scientist and we know each other. That's why we get each other. So you're completely right that bacteria can be found on your skin and inside your body as well. And we need that bacteria inside and on us. But bacteria is also found in the soil, like what Rebecca told you, with antibiotics and things like that that's found there. And then it's found in rocks and the oceans, even in the Arctic, where nothing grows in the Arctic. It's freezing out there. How can the bacteria survive? It's crazy, right? So today we're going to focus on what's on our body and uh, on and inside our body so another fun fact for you guys did you know that there's 10 times as many bacterial cells in the human body as there are human cells so if there's one human cell there's 10 bacteria cells for every one human cell and that's on you right now and inside you I guess and that's because bacteria are useful they're useful for lots of things so there's good bacteria and there's bad bacteria and we're allowed to have both and that's perfectly fine as long as you don't have too much bad bacteria because they don't make you very unwell so because there's so many types of bacteria we like to look at them and, and class them into different groups because that's how we know things and that's how we can talk about things so I know Rebecca did this with you so I think you guys should be pretty good at answering this next question so we'll look at different shapes of bacteria and you have to tell me what they are. Okay, very simple because I already know that Rebecca helped you with this one. So it's a little cheat question, but I hope you remember. So can you guys tell me what the first one is? The round or just said, what, what the first one on the left hand side looks like? What is it? What would you, what shape was that? It's a circle. It's a circle, like perfect. A yeah, that is correct. So we call these ones round. What about the one in the middle? Can you describe that one? It's like a potato shape, except it's thinner and it's wider. No, not wider. It's smaller. Yeah, perfect. So and, it's, you... and it's like straighter. Okay, okay. Can you think of anything else non-potato type that you'd want to describe it as? Like any well, size? Maybe like a rod. Yeah. Uh, Correct, a rod. Well done. So the last one, this one might be a bit hard, so I'll, I'll let you off. Can you describe that shape at all? Spaghetti or a worm. Oh, a worm, that's a good one. Yeah, it looks very much like a worm. Um, like if pasta looked green. <laughs> yeah, it does actually look like pasta. So along the theme of pasta. It looks like a virus kind of thing, spider. Yeah. So we would call it more of a spiral, like it's hard to see in a 2D, like on a piece of paper, but it would be like a spiral, like a, like a slide, you know, like a helter-skelter type slide. There's, there's like then, three different types of spirals, like there's one like this, there's mm -hmm. one like, and there's one like, like you just said. Yeah, so all those things that you just said that's how bacteria can look because bacteria are so varied that they can take on all different types of shapes and even though I'm showing you the three basic ones there's actually a lot of different types of bacteria that you can see and these ones are just the most common 
and that that's fine but we do get a lot of different types of bacteria so like you get good bacteria and bad bacteria sometimes you can define those based on their shape so you can look and see oh that one's round and that one's probably good bacteria but it really just depends on what type of bacteria is so um, the experiment that we spoke about was to do with bacterial growth so we were going to use an agar plate and it is a round plate with a lid on top and it contains this medium called agar and we use the agar because the bacteria needs food just like you you guys need food to grow and the bacteria needs food too so we gave it the agar and uh, to allow the bacteria to grow on there because it really likes the agar. Think of your favorite food. That is bacteria's favorite food. Agar is bacteria's favorite food. So um, when you guys do the experiment, you'll see that bacteria, it, it will be on your skin, but it will grow a lot faster in agar. And that's because you're giving it a lot more nutrients than your skin gives it. And we designed it that way so that it would grow. Um, I think you'll do, the, you'll do this over like a week so you can see like when you first touch the plate, there won't be anything. And then over the next coming days, you'll do it for up to five to seven days, depending on how good you grow bacteria. You'll see like spots start to form. And then you'll see over time they get bigger. And that's because it's eating all the agar and growing bigger and stronger basically for you guys. So hopefully you'll see that. And um, so I've got another question I actually forgot about. Can you guess how many different types of bacteria live on your skin? Just a number, any number. Like, um, lots and lots, like a hundred and something. Yeah. A thousand. a thousand, yeah, you are exactly correct. There's around about a thousand different species of bacteria that live on your skin. And they live all over in your hair, up your nose, on your teeth, on your hands, your arms, like, and some bacteria prefer certain types of places. So we would say that maybe your hands are a bit drier and bacteria might, some certain types of bacteria might enjoy that. Whereas say your feet, the really smelly and sweaty parts, some bacteria grow best there. So you'll see different bacteria collects in different areas and that's based on how well it can grow there. But today, well, for the experiment's purposes, you guys were only gonna use your hands, not your feet. I guess you could use your feet, but I would maybe suggest just your hands for just now. And then if you guys want to repeat it, you can always give me a shout and I'll send you more agar to do a feet experiment too. So um, what you guys would hope to see are little spots on your plate and they'll be different colors than the agar. So you can definitely see them. And we would call these spots colonies. So if you can see the picture here, um, a colony is like this yellowish dot on the plate. Um, and that is bacteria and it's millions of bacteria cells clumped together so that it's visible to your eye because earlier on we said that you can see a single bacterial cell but these are millions and millions all sitting together and that's why they become visible to your eye so if once you've done the experiment I'll show you a picture of what it's supposed to look like so you'll see here can you see all these little spots and I'm trying to get my laser there. Aha, there you go. So there's a lot, all these different types of spots and different bacteria will show different types of spots. So you'll see we've got some yellow, we've got some white ones, we've got fluffy looking ones at the top here. Can you see the fluff that's coming out from there? And that indicates a different type of bacteria, that indicates fungi instead. Um, and hopefully when you guys do this experiment, you've got lots of different colonies of all different colors 
all different shapes and sizes that you can then compare to your your friends and see what type of bacteria because along the side you'll see that I've characterized different types of bacteria as having different appearances and using that sort of key you can then see oh I've got Staphylococcus or Streptococcus and what you might have someone else might not have and that's because as human beings we're all sort of unique and whilst we have a basis of bacteria on us some people skin prefer a different types of bacteria and that's completely fine and normal it just shows you like oh yeah I've got more staphylococcus than micrococcus and things like that and it allows you to see basically the we call it the skin flora so what's on your skin at that moment in time but if you wash your hands say you might actually have washed all this off and then maybe you only get one or two spots and that's that's cool that's perfectly good and that's what you'd like to see when you wash your hands it shows that you're doing it so when we were talking about stuff like this, we were saying that there's good bacteria and bad bacteria. So do you know about any sort of reactions? What what about what bacteria do you know that help us in life? I think you mentioned it earlier. You said it was inside of us. So earlier on, you said we had bacteria in our gut. And you're completely right. In our tummies, we have bacteria and that help us um, decayed food, break down food into other nutrients that we need. We also use bacteria to make yogurt from milk and to make cheese as well. So bacteria can be really good for us and it's an essential part of Earth. It's, I, we live in like a giant ecosystem and without bacteria we wouldn't have half the things that we do have. But sometimes you get bad bacteria so when you get that it makes you really unwell and maybe gives you food poisoning or things like tuberculosis that can also be caused by bad bacteria. So we have to be really careful. And I know Rebecca spoke to you about antibiotics and things like that, and that's how bacteria <coughs> protect themselves. Do you remember anything about the antibiotics? Yeah. Yeah? Did you enjoy that talk? Yeah. Yeah, I bet it was really fun to make your own little bacteria with your pom-poms <laughs> and your pipe cleaners. As a fun yeah. experiment, I enjoyed doing that experiment too. What are the main sort of bad things that bacteria could do to your skin or your body? Um, so it can cause infections. Like if so, bacteria is all around, and that that's perfectly fine. But sometimes bacteria that's okay on your skin, it's not okay in your blood, and vice versa. So say you had a cut and then you got some bacteria on your hands that can cause an infection because it's not supposed to be there and your body is obviously upset that it is there. And then sometimes you'll get things like defense mechanisms. So you, it'll swell or you get pus. Don't you guys ever had a, a pus in your cut? And that, that's basically your body trying to defend itself against the bacteria. And then sometimes you might actually need to go to the doctor because your body can't fight the bacterial infection. Um, and sometimes they give you creams and maybe some antibiotics, depending on the type, how bad the infection is. They can give you medication and then they'll use like very strong creams that you wouldn't want to use for very long. Um, they're called steroid creams and they basically promote healing in a way that the bacteria, to basically heal out the bacteria. So push the bacteria out from the inside um, up and then your cut will become really gross as the bacteria leaves. Um, and I feel like a lot of kids do get infected cuts just because they, they get them all over their hands and then they touch things that have bacteria and then the bacteria gets in the cut and it's just a vicious cycle of um, infection. And then stuff like food poisoning, bacteria that's in your food that maybe hasn't died when you've cooked it. 
And then if that goes inside of you where it's not supposed to go, then your body will start to do another defense mechanism known as throwing up. And that, that's basically trying to expel the bacteria out from your body because it's not supposed to be there. Uh, it was fine on the meat, but not in you. And a lot of bacteria is like that. It will happily exist in certain environments. And then sometimes when it comes into an environment that it's not okay in, that's when issues happen. So whilst I say bad bacteria, it's maybe not always bad, it's sometimes good. And that's maybe the confusing part about bacteria in itself, good versus bad, um, bad versus good. Uh, so like maybe the bacteria in your mouth is probably not happy on your skin and the bacteria on your skin is probably not happy in your mouth because you have bacteria like all over you, like in your hair and on your teeth, things like that, things that you don't even think about. They're always there, but they're always helping. That's the thing, like good bacteria is helping you out. Bacteria on your hair and in your gut. Um, and without bacteria, like we wouldn't have cheese. How important is cheese to many people? I don't know about you guys, but I would, my face would be sad. Your pasta would be sad without cheese on top, you know? So yeah, it's definitely interesting. And when you guys do this experiment, I hope you find it just as interesting because uh, this is like a lot of science. We do a lot of work with bacteria. Um, so on a daily basis, you, you're being little scientists. And maybe one day you can grow up to be uh, a big scientist, I guess, because you're a proper scientist regardless. Doing experiments like this or doing your experiment with your water and your oil, like that's what makes a scientist really. Even just questioning things, that's the scientist trait. And that's what makes you guys scientists at heart. What do you, what, what does it do when it affects your body? Uh, what, what type of bacteria, bad bacteria or good bacteria? And both. Both. So you, you have good bacteria inside your body right now and it's helping to do things like break down the food that you give it. It's breaking down the food into smaller parts that your body can digest. And without that, you wouldn't be able to take the nutrients from the food that you give it. So you need lots of different nutrients like amino acids and vitamins and the bacteria helps get them out the food for you. So that's one way. And without bacteria, you wouldn't be able to do that. Bad bacteria, Hopefully it isn't inside your body right now, but if it is, your body would try and find a way to remove it. So like if you had food poisoning, what, what do you do when you have food poisoning? I would go and get someone to help me. Yeah, you would, you would go get some help and that's because you wouldn't feel very good because your body's trying to fight the bacteria. And one way that it does that is it makes you throw up and that's to try and remove the bacteria. So it throws up all the food that you ate that had the bad bacteria on it and it's trying to remove it from your body as quickly as possible. And that's the fastest way I think that food can leave you is by vomiting. And it's not the, the best way of, um, it's not, not the best thing, but it is the best thing for your body because it wants you to feel better. And that's the quickest way for it to make you feel better. Maybe uh, you could tell us a little bit more about uh, kind of what, what you actually do as well yeah of course um, because i'm sure the young people we interested they like to find out about what are all these different careers and things that you can do with science once you know yeah. about it so um i am a phd student so that means that i went to university and i got a, a degree and i decided that i wasn't quite finished being a student yet and i wanted to go back for some more learning um, and I work with enzymes, so I'm not too sure if you guys know what an enzyme is. Yeah, 
but it is a catalyst. And still not sure if you know what a catalyst is. So a catalyst speeds up a reaction. So think about if you're baking a cake and you put it in the oven at 100 degrees and then you make a second cake and you put it in the oven at 300 degrees. You see how it's a lot faster when you increase the temperature. That's like what a catalyst does. It helps speed up the reaction without actually doing anything itself. Um, so I use enzymes that come from bacteria and those enzymes make small cyclic dipeptides, which can be used as drugs. So I go about my day, I make enzymes from bacteria. I then use those enzymes to make drugs. And then I test those drugs against certain diseases like cancer, dementia, ALS, um, just to see if they're active or not active. And like, I look for different like variances of those peptides. So I start with like a father molecule, like a parent molecule, and then I start adding things onto it. And I see if that changes how it reacts with diseases. Like, is it better if I add this group or if it, is it better if I take away a group? Um, and I wouldn't be able to do that if I didn't have bacteria. So that shows just how important bacteria is to everyone, including you guys, my PhD project, soil, oceans, everywhere. Bacteria is all around us. And that's what I do on a daily basis. Cool. So, and uh, sometimes, so, so some of the information that you learn about um, for the results of your experiments help develop treatments for things? Yeah, so um, I'm basing my research on a drug that was actually found in soil. Um, so th that drug is in stage three clinical trials at the moment. And now I'm making drugs that look similar to it, but with different groups. And I'm hoping that they will be better than the drug that's in cl clinical trials. So then I can prove that you don't need to do five day long syntheses with really harsh chemicals. You can actually just use bacteria to make enzymes to then make these drugs and it's a lot more like green environmentally friendly cheaper faster easier as well because chemical synthesis isn't always easy and it's not very good at producing a large amount of something you also need to be very specialist at what you do whereas i think anyone could do bacterial work if that makes sense it's like I, I am a chemist by trade that's what I did my first degree in and now I've moved into biochemistry so I think if you can teach me how to do protein work then you can teach anyone how to do protein work so it's a lot easier yeah this way is a lot easier faster and hopefully we get something from it thank you Emma thank you it's my right, pleasure th thanks Emma and thank uh, you. We'll be in touch soon, okay? Perfect, thank you. Okay, bye. 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 Goodbye. Good night. Thank you for listening.